Cross Politic begins in three, two, one. Stop a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. No government, no political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is King of Kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to His Lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. I didn't start, but sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start. Right When the Spirit comes upon people, they go to war, they go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. You are listening to Cross Politic with Gabe Wrench, the Water Boy, Pastor Toby Sumter, and the Chocolate Knox. Hello, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic. I feel like something's missing. Something's wrong. Yeah. David is not in the studio with us, but he is. Knox, you're on with us from like, Minnesota. I feel like I'm a guest on the show. Yeah. This feels really weird. I don't. I don't want but... you like to feel like that. I want you to feel like you're a host. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you guys are going to ask me a whole bunch of questions that I right. really don't want to answer right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it, spot. so is it true that you did not celebrate Christmas for most of your oh. life? Oh. <laughs> uh, Guilty. Yeah, actually, hey, hey but you, you being out in Minnesota, you got to uh, meet with our boy Joe Rigney, man. Let me tell you, that brother's sharp. Yeah. I like him. Mm-hmm. We, I had, like we had him on the he, show. Yeah, we did. Yeah, Talked about pink hair. No, we we totally yeah. put him on the spot. We did. When when he was in the studio, I, I felt like you know I still was like, okay, he's kind of cool. You know, he kind of likes me. I came to the, his his office, and I still don't know if he likes me yet. But I can tell <laughs> we get along. You know, it's, I, of course, it's one of those some of those smart people are like that. You know, where they like they're really not very social. Yeah, but they're super <laughs> smart. You know what I mean? Like you turn the camera on, and all of a sudden it's just like gospel, gospel, gospel. These guys are deep thinkers, and they turn yeah. the camera off, and it's like, where's that guy that was just talking? Yeah. I'm going to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> just pretend just the camera's like always that. on. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was great, though. Yeah. And Mike, so it's weird being here in Minneapolis because, you know, they elected for the first time the oh, first yeah. black transgendered uh, um, city council member, yep. two of them for, I think, the fourth ward and the eighth ward, which yep. or is a district. I don't know. Yep. But anyway, it's really weird because as I'm walking around and I'm over South Minneapolis and North Minneapolis, I'm looking at everybody just a little funny. <laughs> like, are you the one? Did you vote? Did you vote for Did him? you support this? <laughs> Who's behind? I want to talk to the person that selected these guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's like, it's like the reverse Trump vote thing. Like, everyone yeah, yeah, woke exactly. up. <laughs> After I don't Trump feel got... safe. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel safe being in Minneapolis. I want to know who it is. You walk outside your front door, and now you're looking to the left and to the right down yeah, the house, down the row of houses. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. feel yeah, safe. You know, and come to find out, the mayor that they elected, the first black mayor of St. Paul, I didn't know it, but I actually started. I did acting with this guy, Melvin Carter. We were we were acting oh, wow. together in roles under here. My and so I'm thinking it's somebody else. Who got elected? I'm like, wait, hold on, I know this guy. Wow, wow. So it's, it's been a, it's like we should get him on the show, directed. David. We, well, I didn't say he liked me. Don't move too fast. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I, I don't mind getting people on the show that don't like us. <laughs> <laughs> that that don't embarrass me. <laughs> yeah. So it's been it's just been really weird being back because I, I again I don't feel safe. I need people to start wearing safety pins around so I can feel safe again. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Who are these people voting for this? There it is. Oh, there it so, is. Anyway. Well, that that kind of plays a little bit into um uh kind of our our news segment. Um, uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up and talk about was uh, uh the situation now with Matt Lauer. Yeah. So um now we have another big you know sexual harassment case with a big you know news celebrity who basically built the ratings for the Today Show. Um, mm. And uh, um, you know it's I think how many how many now we got over thirty cases I, is it twenty it's, tw- it's twenty five to thirty I don't know in the last three months right. Look, I'm just assuming if you're on TV, there's a case. That's just what I'm <laughs> if you did a movie, there's a case. I'm just assuming yeah. everybody's guilty at this but, point. Yeah. But it, as I was kind of thinking about all this, um, a lot of people have been asking me, what's going on? What's you know, What are all these people thinking? What are they doing? And I, I started thinking, I was like, um, this kind of hit me this last week, is like, what is God doing? Yeah. You know, what is, I mean, yeah. God's doing something, and it's, 
it's crazy because you got you got Trump in the White House who has had um, complaints against him, right? Um, you know, going back as far as really <laughs> seriously, <laughs> what? But but you but you think you know um, what what do you, you think that's it? Do you think that's it? So like the you know we elect Trump, he's a pretty colorful <laughs> you know he's a colorful guy, right? And that's it becomes sort of this mirror. That, mm. that shows us who we are. Yeah, I, I, for sure. Yep. And yeah. and now now there's this sort of desperate attempt to disassociate ourselves with that. Uh, when he represents us so perfectly. He represents us so perfectly. I mean, because of course, part of the story here is is that like all these people that are getting outed have just been doing what we've been celebrating for 40 years. Come on now. Free oh, free love in the 60s. Yeah. Right. And the seventies, do do whatever you want, make love, not war, whatever, and and you know Madonna, Michael Jackson in the eighties, um, you know all this, be whatever you want, do whatever you want, and simultaneously with, and don't treat women like they're different, <clears throat> right? They don't yeah. need, they don't need to be protected. They're not different. They don't need to be honored. Um, and and what happens? Wow. Yeah. Well, they they. They did it. Like they, they obeyed the catechism. Yeah. Mm. They they did what felt right that, that what they wanted to do, and they lived out their you know their free sex right. impulses and urges, and then it turns out that that doesn't work. <laughs> uh, it ter- turns out that hurts people. Turns out people um, are abused that way, mm. and. I mean that's a, that seems like to be at least part of it. So that's happened, and then you get then you get Trump in the White House, and then it's like, oh no, we don't want that. I'm still waiting for somebody uh, in you know somebody with a voice to actually say, "Turns out Christians are right." Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You know, also another thing that I've seen, and I'm, I'm going to actually uh, swing back to that too, is that just sitting back observing the situation, I've I've been watching how that the victims. Um, aren't necessarily the one who are getting the attention. Oh, yeah, for sure. So whoever's come out and said what they need to say, the people who seem to be getting the most attention are the the ones who are like uh, Matt Lauer or Weinstein. The perpetrators. They're getting all of the attention because the media is using it, and we're enjoying it as a form of entertainment instead of a form of, judgment or instead of a form of discipline no one's looking at it in that sense everybody's just looking at it like oh let's entertain yeah. let's be entertained yeah. by what's happening in hollywood and, and everybody goes, oh okay. yeah. yeah it's scandal it's scandal, scandal. And, and we're all looking at it just watching it and enjoying the scandal and no one's stopping to say maybe should we, we should repent about some yeah. of this stuff yeah you know and and it, i think gabe to piggyback on what you said what is God doing? I think it's coming to the point where the world is starting to realize, hey, you know, the only people who really kind of have clean hands in this industry are maybe like Kirk Cameron. <laughs> maybe, maybe we need to get him to do some movies for us. Maybe we need to get people who are Christians and have a standard about how you treat women and how, how you do business. Maybe we need to get people with standards in this business. I saw, I saw a tweet. It was titled um, "Number of Accusations Against Mike Pence." Zero, and there, and there was just this blank sheet of paper. <laughs> that's great. Well, I think I think that's kind of one of the phenomenons that's that's coming out a little bit. I mean, we can identify a couple righteous people in this whole fray, um, but in general, I mean, it's it's not even across the board. But in general, you have Republicans who are having all kind are having sexual harassment charges against them. You have Democrats that are having sexual harassment charges against them. It's basically kind of the Romans three twenty three thing happening, you know, for all right. of sin. And and for a little bit in this fray, you've you kind of had this, oh, the Republicans are bad, you know, Roy Moore's bad, and then the Democrats have someone c- that gets a sexual harassment claim. And Al then, Franken. Al Franken, and then then the Democrats. Which I'm in his state. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. And and but but then you also forget that how much cover up they did with Bill Clinton. Right. Back in the nineties. And uh, it's it's really ridiculous. You have this basically God's kind of taken any moral high ground from both parties away. Right. You have the, the they are just bankrupt. Um, we all knew they were bankrupt at some level, but now it's just like um, you know publicly they're publicly bankrupt. They carry no moral moral weight in all this. And this is this is kind of I think that this is one of those moments where it's like in some sense you're going to start hearing 
um, the defense is going to come where they say, "Oh man, well we're, we're we're all sinners. We've all we all make mistakes, and we just need oh, to, that's, yeah, right. That's going to come. Frank Franken's already pulling that a little bit, right? Um, but but what needs to happen is like, yeah, we're all sinners. That's right, and that's why Jesus died on the cross for your sins, right? I think part of part of what we need what we need to be praying for is that we actually get to the end of ourselves. That's right. That we actually become helpless because I think you're right. What happens though is it, it goes for a little while and then it's so easy, of course, there for there to be some kind of um, self-righteousness that, that creeps in. You know, well, I haven't done that. I, right. I haven't pulled an Al Franken. I haven't pulled a, a, a Matt Lauer. I haven't, I haven't done that. But, but I think, Gabe, you're exactly right. Romans 3 is exactly right. We ought to look at these things and say, "But for the grace of God, there go I." Yeah, just um, right. And and if any one of us on our good day had our hearts examined with any kind of scrutiny by the Lord, right, um, we'd all fail. <laughs> um, Isaiah sixty four, as it's our Old Testament reading in church this Sunday, uh, I was looking at it yesterday. All of our righteous deeds are like filthy rags, mm. yeah, um, before the Lord, and. And so, but that's, that. it's that kind of desperation. We need to look at it and we need to, we need to have desperation. We need to have help. We need to feel helpless. We need to say, we're a mess. We're in trouble. God, if you don't come save, we're, we're in trouble. Um, we have nowhere to turn. And I, I'm, I'm not sure we're there yet. I don't, I, well, I don't think we are. No, I think, I think what we're doing is we're getting the Lecrae humanism gospel thing. Right. We can have a, the, the, the thing that I'm afraid of is what happens is you have these with, apart from Christ, what you end up with is is these cheap substitutes, right? And what right. that introduces, though, is these cathartic moments. Mm. So you, yeah, so, you sort of right. have this cathartic moment where every everyone sort of feels bad about a bunch of stuff, right? But you don't actually repent, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I maybe I've said this before on the show, but I, I've I've noticed this before with people. You have to have to remind them of what actual repentance is. You actually have to name your sin. That's right. And yeah. you need to right. ask for forgiveness for it. Yeah, that's right. And um, to God or to whoever you sinned against, right. that's real. And then turn away from it. That's real repentance. But yeah. you, we have this sometimes this bad habit of just kind of having this like emotional blow up, and then maybe like a few hours later saying, "No, oh, sorry, oh yeah, sorry." Yeah. And and you, you have, know, well, have this sort of yeah. cathartic moment, but you don't actually have real confession of sin, real forgiveness of sin, real repentance. And and I think we can do that as a nation too. We can have sort of this catharsis moment where everybody's sort of just traumatized by how bad we are. Right. And then and then in five shocked. And then in five minutes, you know, like, oh look who's winning uh, American Idol. Yeah. Like we just get distracted. That's that's because our form of what's good and bad isn't based on the standard of what God's standard of good and bad is. This is why it's a good time for Christians to hold up, look, if you even look at a woman to lust after her You've committed adultery in your heart yeah. already. You know, like people are thinking, well, he did this, he did that. Like, guys, that's bad. This is even a worse. So are you look, are you watching porn? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Are you engaging in lustful thoughts about another woman who's not your wife? Right. Have you know, like I mean, those are the Christians have right now a wonderful opportunity when people want to talk about these things. We get a chance to share the gospel. This is a wonderful opportunity to say, "Look, man, you're no, you're not as righteous either." Right, right, right. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, you've committed sexual assault too. Absolutely, you know, and just and guess what? God sees every bit of it, brother. So you ain't getting away from it, you know. And you get a chance to really preach the gospel to people right. so that they fall you know, bear before the Lord and repent. So right. yeah, absolutely. So, so question here, um, you know, sometimes you get in a conversation with an atheist or with, even with some of my nominal Christian friends. And I actually, I'm thinking of one a um, couple months ago, uh, where basically the argument came down to, well, we're all sinners, right? You can't, you can't call me on the carpet. You can't say anything to me because we're just all kind of trying to work this out together here on earth. Right. You yeah. know, um, and that, I feel like that's, that's a little bit what's starting to play out here um, is, and it's, it, and it has to play out that way or either repent or it has to play out that way because they want to keep their power in office. If that makes sense. Right. But in practice, yeah. if, if that's where you end, so you end it like, we're just, just a big mess. We're all, yeah. we're all, we're yeah. all sin. Then you can't actually, then why are you working for justice? Huh. Yeah. Like why, why do you care? Why are you voting? You're just, you, you're just, yeah. you're just, you know, you just got, you know, you're just spreading manure around. Right. Like you're not, exactly. you're not right. actually, but if you, if you actually believe that justice is something that you can approximate, that you can actually pursue. Right. Then on what basis do we pursue it? 
and yeah. We're, yeah. we're either going to pursue it by human standards or, or we're going to, or by God's yeah. standards. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and the only, you have to find some kind of solid ground to stand on. And, and the, and the Bible says that the solid ground we stand on is, is Christ and the forgiveness and cleansing that we find in the cross. Whenever somebody usually tries, tries to do that with me in a, in a conversation, uh, they're usually trying to make sure that even though I'm a Christian, that I'm in the same ground that they are in, on. Yeah. You know, oh, and yeah. the truth is, is that I always want to remind them, you are correct, but I have an alien righteousness, right? right? Like you are, you are lacking <laughs> something, even though we started in the same position. Right. I have alien righteousness that you don't have. Ooh, right. Yeah, you, that's good. You, that's you good need knocks. something that I have, and yeah. so we're not in the same boat. Right. We were. Right. And so the the, right. the, the ground isn't the same anymore, yeah. and you're still missing it. And so they always want to level it out to say that there is no, like Toby just said, no one's any different. And it's like, but no, hold on. That's not true. That We are different. Right. We're a new creation. I have atonement. I'm a new creation, right? Exactly. Right. And, and you're still in your sin. So you can't make any judgments. Yeah. I think, I, right, think you- I was gonna say, I think part of part of uh, that's really good, Knox. Um, and I think the other part of that answer is you can't just say we all can't just say that we're sinners. Um, we we also need to say that we're condemned. Um, and we need to yeah. we need to you know it's like Tim Bailey like we need to experience that shame right like that shame is mm-hmm. grace right and and, 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 that con- and Jesus's grace is far bigger right. than that condemnation and for those who are in Christ there is no more mm. any condemnation. Right. I need to give an offering over there. Where's that organ at? Who's Thanks. playing my organ? Hey, he's actually playing the Grey Havens. We're we're uh we, we got to exit this. Uh, I don't know how to I don't know how to lead us out of here. Let, let me <laughs> let, let you do it, Toby. Let, let me let me help you. Get, no, no, David, you let you lead us out. Oh, okay. Next on Cross Politics, Grey Havens. You guys don't want to miss this interview. I gotta go and see what's going on outside, but I'll come back on Thursday. Next, and cross politics. This is Cy Timbrinke with Answer Anyone Apologetics. Somebody comes up to you and says that they don't believe in God. What have they just done? They've just blasphemed God. You see, blasphemy is not only taking the name of God in vain, but taking his word in vain as well. In Romans chapter 1, we're told that everyone has sufficient knowledge of God to leave them without excuse. When someone says that they don't believe in God, they're in effect calling him a liar. They're blaspheming God. What do we do? We ignore the blasphemy and lay out our evidential case for God. Now imagine that somebody came up to you and said, I think your wife's a prostitute. They'd be in a way blaspheming your wife. Would you say, well, last night she was at home making dinner, so I don't think she was out walking the street. The night before that, she was at choir practice, so I'm pretty sure she wasn't walking the street then either. And the night before that, she was at her parents' house, so I really don't think my wife's a prostitute. Would you do that? Would you lay out an evidential argument for your wife's purity? Of course not. You'd say, that's my wife you're talking about. Choose your next words wisely. Why then, when people blaspheme God, do we act as though nothing has happened? Christians need to revere the name and the word of God. Sure. Have the discussion with the unbeliever, but make sure that they realize what they're doing when they say that they don't believe in God. For more apologetic answers, visit AnswerAnyone.com. I told you I was on your side. I told you I would never hide So you can put your hand in mine Cause I'll be keeping by you. Welcome back side. to Cross Politic. With us today, we have the Grey Havens. All of the Grey Havens. The whole Grey Havens. Well, half of the Grey Havens. At least, ha- at least half. <laughs> at least half of the Grey Havens. Uh, the Grey Haven centers around husband-wife duo Dave and Leisha Radford. Since their beginning in 2013, their projects have been hailed, you heard it here, as an imaginative treatment of faith, having a visionary quality that's both playful and enraptured. They have a knack for creating a listening experience similar to paging through your favorite book. Mm. Whoa. Man. It's hot. They're, uh, in, uh, in, uh, they released their debut EP on Noise Trade in 2013 and their first full-length album, Fire and Stone, in 2015. 
Their newest release is called Ghost of a King. That's my favorite. Is it your favorite? Yeah. It debuted at number three on the iTunes singer-songwriter charts. And uh, were we just listening to some of that? Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. Dave, uh, welcome to Cross Politic. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. You know, it's it's funny. Um, So I I, or somebody on my team, like, wrote that snippet that you just read Uh just as a, as a, like a, uh, an act of desperation to uh, try and um, so I'm I'm weird before we play live at shows like I just for whatever reason like 15 30 minutes before the show I just I'm I'm kind of touchy like I just don't like to be talk I don't know to like or, talk to yeah, at yeah. all and, I felt that when you were it's out just here. like yo I'm sorry <laughs> and get I'm out just of my like, green room Gabe. yeah <laughs> no, I that, for everybody listening, that's that's not true. But um, <laughs> but um, but it's just like I'm I'm I feel a little bit like plagued with this. Like even though like we kind of send out a writer, and and what you just read is just like a very thoughtfully like okay, we're going to give them everything. Like they can't like all the pieces, relevant pieces of information. Like we just say on the writer, like just say like this or something like this, uh-huh. but like without fail and like. There's that guy, and we love everybody, and this is not a knock on those people, but it's like there's that MC guy, that very eager person yeah. before the show. I'm going to use all the right. adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, and but they come up and they're like, "How do you want to be introduced?" And it's just like, I'm like at that point, I'm just like so make something so up. Not <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just anyway. So that's what that is. So, so. Dave. Um, Right before we we started recording, you mentioned uh, that uh, you're a you're a preacher's kid. I am. So, um, how how uh, how was that? I told you I was a preacher's kid too. Um, grew up in yeah. the church. So, how, how was that for you? And and then maybe you can use that as a segue into how did you end up? How did the Gray Havens come about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, let's see. When I when I just do a brief kind of mind's eye survey of what it was quote unquote like to be, to be a pastor's kid. Like I don't have a lot of um, spikes on that graph that are like uh, intense um, memories that, that are associated specifically with being a pastor's kid. So, Hmm. so I think, I think maybe mostly when that question is asked, it's like, how was that socially? And that's probably not how you're asking it necessarily, but I don't like socially, like, that really never had a huge um, bearing with regard to like people either teasing or making fun sure. or Pressures. having negative yeah. associations with it. Yeah, I don't know. What, what about um, but, what, what about on the spiritual side? Just like your walk with the Lord. How was? I mean, yeah. How, how do you tell that story? Man, I'm so thankful to my dad um, for for faithfully preaching the gospel every week. Um, I think. Um, you know, I, I didn't really know what I had until um, until I became a, a believer, and really, w- probably around 17 years old, okay. I would probably peg that um, uh, event at. I'm not sure, but I, I think around that time. But but um, I wasn't uh, didn't know how to be thankful for something that I really, you know, previously like didn't have a thirst for, you know, mm-hmm. or didn't have a hunger for. It's wow. like I was. You know, it's like you're dead in your sins. Like you, your 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 heart is kind of stone cold to these to these kind of precious realities that are being being preached to you. So it was only until I had a very short time left with my parents, you know, as as living in their house, uh-huh. um, that I really had time to to kind of savor what was being preached. But then, in a rearview mirror sense, being so thankful for for both of their um, uh, just faithfulness, my dad's faithfulness to uh, the word uh, every week and, and him loving the gospel and him teaching me and, and yeah. always being open to answer my questions. Is, and Is your dad still a pastor, still serving? He is. He is a pastor uh, out in Nova Scotia. 
Oh, well, my goodness. Don't you know? Yeah. Don't <laughs> wow. you know? So, so, yeah, they're out there. You do uh, the same accent, I think, for everything. everything. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't have any accents. <laughs> I just have one. It's kind of like this Jamaican, Canadian, Canadian. <laughs> Mexican thing. I'm not sure. Uh, there you go. Yeah. I, I, I totally know what you're saying, Dave. I, I, there's, I, I came to know the Lord really early on. I don't actually don't remember when I, mm. when I first believed, but, um, but the thing that I note over and over again is just so, so often it's sort of this, I feel like, I think the, the Lord through my parents gave me certain kinds of like Jedi, um, sort of instincts huh. where right. like, we're like, there are things that I do with my kids or there's things that I'll do. I mean, I'm, I'm a pastor now too, like my dad and others, things I'll, that'll come out of my mouth in a counseling session or in a sermon or something like that. And I don't know where it came from. And and in the rearview mirror, I look behind me. I'm thinking, yeah. I'm just like thinking, God, God, thank you, thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah. That, that could have gone horribly. I don't know where yeah. that came from, but thank you. And I know, you know, it's from the Lord and so on. But I'm totally pretty sure that a lot of it is from my mom and dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, the, the Lord, Absolutely. the Lord just sort of inserted it into my psyche, into my heart. Yeah, and and it it pops out at various desperate moments. Um, <laughs> I just had this, uh, at, Toby, I don't know what you look like, but I, I just had this when you were describing that and not to take away from what you're describing, but I just had this image pop into my head of you, like in a counseling session, kind of just waving your hands across, you know, left to right, as you say, certain pieces of truth, like a Jedi would. Oh yeah. Um, yeah he was, he's basically like, doing that with me uh, right now in the I'm, studio. <laughs> Seriously. Your image is probably pretty close to true. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Dave, um, now, uh, you, I mean, you were, you probably grew up playing music at some level, but it sounds like, um, I mean, you and your wife kind of obviously formed the band because of y'all's, um, uh, connection and y'all, um, totally y'all sound together. Not, um, uh, so kind of, kind of get into that a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I forgot about that part, but so we actually, um, the story goes, this, this short version of the story, we went on, uh, three or four dates, uh, I was Alicia's uh, first date. The first three or four were just really, um, like the the maybe best way to put it was just like not like not working. Um, so that <laughs> yeah. so just from this, like the, it's the most sophisticated way I can describe it. So so after four, I was uh, I just said, hey, let's um, let's be friends and um, and so. But then we we eventually did. Um, tried dating more later on and uh still didn't work out so um this is all has a point which is during that time of of us kind of like taking a quote-unquote break or just not working or getting traction my mom who is at the time a huge and my dad a huge fan of leisha uh my mom at that time was a guitar and vocal instructor at my high school um i was in college but she was still teaching at my high school and she offered quote-unquote free uh guitar lessons and voice lessons at our house every week uh, kind of as a way to like keep her around and and protest (laughs) her. Yeah. That's a godly mom right there. That's right. So, (laughs) so actually Alicia really didn't, um, didn't have lots of experiences singing outside of, uh, her bedroom or, um, or in the car this one time, uh, stupid story, but we were dating and me and this other guy like pulled up, just behind her next to her at a stoplight. It was dark. It was at night. She had no idea we were like, could see her, <laughs> but like wicked was a musical at that time. That was like really popular. And I just remember like, she was like all out and she's very shy. Kind she's of belting you, it out. Yeah. She's totally yeah. like acting. So anyway, so she had like a passion for music, but just like no outlet to express it. And those lessons I think from my mom, uh, gave her, um, like the guitar was yeah. an accompaniment thing that gave her an excuse to kind of share her gifts. And so really it wasn't until six months into dating that I had really ever heard her uh, truly like sing. And so music wow. really wasn't a part of our, of our foundation at all. Okay. And it wasn't really until after we got married that, you know, I kind of turned to her and maybe we were engaged or whatever. And, and I was like, Hey, do you, um, up until then she was just going to be like the t-shirt uh, girl that would come and <laughs> the merch, the merch girl. The <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and I, and I, yeah. um, I said, Hey, do you want to, you want to be in a band together? And, and so it kind of just took off from there. So, so yeah, it's so funny, but the Lord just totally lined that up yeah. in such a way that, um, yeah, it was never a foundation piece, but so, it was, it was, it was there. Dave, um, we live in a pretty wild world right now. 
Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty, pretty intense, um, in many different ways, pretty confused, pretty dark. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like from my vantage point, um, the church Christians in general, while there's been a, a an increasing, um, uh, enthusiasm, excitement to engage culture, maybe through the arts, through music, um, mm-hmm. um, through movies, through whatever, um, I, I've thus far not been very impressed mm. with, mm. you know, I don't, I don't give the church, I don't give Christians a very high grade. Um, mm. sometimes and are you specifically referring to the arts? Is that, yeah. Yeah. So the art, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm both sides, actually one side of it is the art, the art side itself. Um, sometimes the art side is really sacrificed and so it's really clunky. It's just bad, poor art. Mm. Um, but then on the other side, a lot of times we've got, um, the, the, just the, the, the Christians selling out ultimately to the world, um, mm-hmm. compromising, you know, in, in the name of being as cool as, as good as the world, um, you know, the, the salt loses its savor and mm-hmm. what, what good is it then? Jesus says, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. how do you think about, um, using your art and espe- specifically given the, the, you know, the moment we live in, in, you know, 2017, almost 2018 modern America. I mean, how do you, how do you think about that? That's such a good question. And I'm like praying here on the spot that I don't <laughs> do anything up. Um, so it's just such a good question and uh, something that I've, I've given a lot of thought to in the past. I've had so many conversations. Um, and the question it's, um, itself um and and you guys probably know this but it's actually a question that i've talked to a lot of people in that quote-unquote uh christian arts industry who are who are caught up in that in that kind of vicious cycle that 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 they're in and who are asking the same questions so i think the first thing to say is like um i have i have good friends in those positions that are frustrated and it's 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 really kind of a systemic i think problem i don't really have all the answers i do um like okay so i could i could totally get in trouble for saying this but like it just seems to be a problem (laughs) that um it's really hard um to have to to be uh, an arts organization that is missional. Uh, when I say that, just like ha- being being mission first. Like, what is our mission here? Mm-hmm. Um, being first when you are owned by a um, a bigger record or a bigger record company. Just yeah. say we're talking about music yeah. that has no interest in your mission, right? Um, at all. Just or, sells. Or, just and sells. If, right. Yeah. And, and if the Bible is true, then are like starkly opposed to internally right. whether they would w- articulate that or not yeah. they're 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 against this so it's like being owned and operated by an organization that has absolutely no buy in to what your mission should be as a christian quote unquote record company or whatever is step 1 uh right. like all we're the sell- dominoes we're after our, that we're selling our soul exa- at the door and, and i don't know how like i don't know the history of that but it just seems to me as looking at it it's like it makes total sense that the christian music industry or a lot of these labels um are so stressed out about making their sales uh quarterly whatever revenue statement as or i like i can't speak for these people but it can seem like and at its worst these record companies are not like mission centered or mission like based or controlled and I get that pressure and it's real, but it's like, if that's not first and it's money first, like you're going to see what we're seeing, I think, Hmm. which is like playing the short game of getting, getting the squeezing the most um, material gain that we can out of this, uh, out of this market at its worst. Uh, But there are artists, I will say within that broken system that I actually have a lot of respect for. And I think there's good being done. Sure. Um, artists like, um, I'll shout some of my favorites, like like a Phil Wickham, for instance. Like he's yeah. an artist in my book that is within that system, but I think he's an excellent artist. And so I don't think that like nothing is good is coming out of 
you know, Bethlehem or whatever it is, sure. that statement. <laughs> like, like, um, I think there are good things coming out of that broken system, but it's just really hard yeah. when the funding for the arts is not mission-based. It seems like you're like Daniel in Babylon. Right. You know I mean? So you're owned by a, pa- a pagan king. You're owned by an, a pagan empire. And, yep. and God has put you there, you know, um, and you're to, it seems like that becomes an interesting case study perhaps where the other problem I've seen is, so some, some people sell out in the sense of, we just got to sell records. And so the, the bottom line becomes the bottom line rather than being, yeah. a, rather than being a faithful disciple of Jesus and a faithful witness of Jesus and being obedient to him. A lot of times I, I hear people talking in this way, they say, I'm going to just keep my head down and keep it yeah. cool for a while until I work my way into mm. a, a, a good position. And then I will suddenly speak up, become a very good witness. <laughs> and yeah. in my experience that that just doesn't happen. You when, yeah. you, when you practice keeping your head down, you get really good at keeping your head down and there, you don't suddenly grow muscles of popping your head up. You, right. You, you, you don't suddenly learn, you don't learn courage by practicing cowardice. Um, yeah. And, and I think man, that the, I think that the, um, yeah, it totally is. And I think honestly, where the courage at this point needs to be directed, um, uh, I was, okay. So I'm going to blame the statement on somebody else, not me. Uh, somebody <laughs> else, a very good friend of mine in the industry said, you know what? I was voicing these similar questions you guys had, um, not to get me in trouble, but he said, you know what? the people that have the most leverage and the most um, power that if they wanted to change this system, they could are the superstar Christian artists themselves. Mm-hmm. So not yeah, the label That's right. people that have the platform already right. and that people, the people, uh, the people that no matter what they put out, they're going to make their sales quota and a lot of people are going to listen to it. Yep. It's those people that if anybody have the most power at this moment in our in our whatever that, but it's also uh, it's also those people who are capitulating on a greater level now so like true. like jars of clay have not held firm on homosexuality they've they've sure they've released ambiguous statements on yeah on their you know there's been a number of kind of mega christian bands that came in compromised or came in on mission trying to be on mission but not speaking out like they should and then now here they are 20 years later yeah. compromising or saying things that they shouldn't be saying, not representing the Christian faith like they should at all. Yeah, um, I hear that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your thoughts on that. Um, okay, we, we began by playing Band of Gold. Is this a true story? I saw the music video. Is it true? Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh no it's not true all right but, well it's um, still a cool one it's cool music yeah. video man it's <laughs> we were yeah we I were, we were brains thank you we were brainstorming with our uh, super talented uh friend and videographer evan borsier uh go check his stuff out but he was um <clears throat> we were just kind of brainstorming about like okay how could we make a, a, a music video about this and and actually him and his wife kind of had the idea of like what if like his house got broken into and, and, and so that the, yeah. they kind of had the idea. And so they had some friends that they had filmed a wedding for yeah. that were actually good enough actors to then use in the, the video and then nice. use in, use their wedding footage. So yeah, it kind oh, of all just it panned out. It was sweet. I, and <clears> you know, and we, again, back to the world we live in, I just love it when we have a Christian wedding. I just, I mean, I love I love the love story that ends in a Christian wedding. Mm-hmm. I mean, anymore, it's like, we need that. We need to show the yeah. beauty mm-hmm. and the glory of that. And, um, yeah. anyways, it was, and it, you know, it was well done. It was, it's a, it's a fun song, but anyways, um, totally. need, he's got re- some noise trade real stuff quick. Yeah. Up. We need yep. to say you're, so you, all your stuff's going up. Did you say for free at noise trade next week? Yeah. Next week on noise trade, we're doing a three album. We have three records, uh, studio records that we've made. And, and I think through the new year, we're going to do uh giveaway on noise trade for, for all of it. Wow. So that's next week. Yeah, so um, we got our start on Noise Trade like five years ago, and told like that's what launched us. Uh, wow. Honestly, like we were just wow. this nobody band. We'd play a coffee shop every week in exchange for a free bag of coffee. Yeah. We'd play <laughs> yep. the same like set of covers and originals to like the same five people that would show up, like Alicia's grandma and my dad. Would come. <laughs> and, yeah. and then <clears throat> we we put this record out on Noise Trade um, that we had uh, kickstarted. And like 
that was kind of the not that not that noise trade is um noise trade is great at that time i think it was at its peak um i don't know how close it is to that anymore or not but it's like like i want to say like thirteen thousand people downloaded this record on noise trade that where there's nobody banned and and then we sent this email out to those people i was like hey can we can we tour in your living rooms yeah uh, this yeah. spring <laughs> yeah that's and great. that was it i mean that was our start yeah, so wow. we're so thankful to, to well Trade. dave thanks so much this is the gray havens listeners of cross politic and dave thanks for being on the show with us today go get ghost of a king and check out noise trade next week thanks so much dave. thank you guys appreciate it i belong to you this love is a Canon Press is a publishing house located in Moscow, Idaho. Canon Press, we create and provide products that sketch a vision of the whole life, a whole culture, a life full of beauty, tradition, education, community, laughter, and celebration unashamed of Christ and sharply at odds with the values of modernity, a mature culture with the church at the center, living out the good life, one family at a time. We believe our book, audio, and visual selections reflect this exciting life that God has given us under the sun. As the wisest man said, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. Canonpress.com. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build him a house, not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world, not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu forward slash explore but I won't wait rest in my bones I'll and I hope you guys get a chance to, to get on noise trades download some gray havens this whole CD is just a, a great CD when um, I first heard about them uh, they were coming out to Moscow back in September uh, I bought their CD about three weeks before they came out. I bought Ghost of a King, um, uh, the C- my favorite CD from them, and I just listened to it for three weeks straight. And I could, um, I, I do that when I buy a CD, I listen to it, just and I really, just, it. I just kill it. And after three weeks, two, three weeks, if I'm still listening to it, then yeah. it's a winner. Yeah, yeah. It, but after, uh, you know, if it, if after two weeks, I just, I'm just done. Yeah. And I can't. I don't listen to more. I won't pick it up again. That's usually how it works. So they, uh, I still listen to this. My kids love their my my kids' favorite song from them is Band of Gold. Oh yeah, the one that yeah, we were no, playing, that's, the, that's the one so, I know. That's, yeah. the, that's the one I know. But I'm 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 yeah. uh, I need to I need to get this album now. Yeah. So I think um you know we we're talking about in the first segment. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with the Gray Havens. Please seriously check them out. Um, download the stuff on Noise Trade. Go to their website Gray Havens, um, I believe dot com. And uh, good stuff. I uh, hope, uh, hope you guys can see them in, in your area. Uh, you know, we talked about a lot about kind of Matt Lauer and just really kind of the whole phenomenon of what's going on in our, our culture now where um, the Democrats were defending Bill Clinton in the 90s. And now um, neither the Republicans or the Democrats can really address these issues with a clean conscience now. Right. And so – uh, I, I want to spend a lot of this segment actually um, talking about Toby's Bloodbot World. Um, Toby wrote a book called Bloodbot World. Um, if you guys have not read it, um, it is um, I'm I should have picked it up a lot earlier. I didn't pick it up until a couple weeks ago until you brought it in yeah. and everything. And it, it was it was my bad. It's it's a I think a book that that went unnoticed uh, more than it should have. Um, I know some, a lot of people have purchased it, but it needs to to go a lot wider and farther than it has. Um, because one of the things I think in, in all this is we have, um, we don't understand how the church has led us into these problems that we're facing in culture. Right. We don't get it. Right. Like mm-hmm. everyone thinks the church is sort of kind of holding it sort of together and, and thinks that the church is just kind of this little light in this dark world. And we've been, um, leading more in our culture than than we realize right 
um, mm. and everything. So I think I think the Bloodbot world. There's a lot of things that that you address in this book that I think are are very central to where the church has dropped the ball. Right. Um. Uh, I'll, I'll to prime this a little bit further. Um. Uh, you you talk about um. You and you start off the first chapter kind of just in some sense getting to the fact that we just don't believe the Bible. Right. <laughs> We right. don't. We don't believe, and and then and then we don't believe all of God's word, and then when we and then we pick and choose our verses. Right. You know when uh, the the one example that you gave us in the first chapter was, um, Jesus came to bring peace, and then he came to not bring peace. Right. Right. How does how does that reconcile? Well, I think that's a lot of at the heart of of where the church is dropping the ball, is we just choose one side. Right. right. You you want to kind of get in that a little bit? Yeah. So I I think as I as I, I mean this this started off as as a number of essays and um, actually your brother Aaron approached me and said I think you should turn this into a book and so I had to it's like oh great now I have to think about how does this all connect how's it tie together <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, but but as I as I thought about it yeah I I I begin by just talking about the failure to read the Bible um, failure to to really listen to Jesus failure to, to hear his words and, 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 uh, and say all of them, believe all of them to our, to the best of our ability. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think it's been, and I think that you're exactly right. Um, the church has led us into this situation. And I think the church has led us into the situation by we, we say, of course, and we've had all these controversies over the inspiration of scripture and like this, you know, you know, this, the stand in the 20th century particular and the evangelical church saying, no, the Bible is the word of God. The Bible is the word of God. And I think simultaneously as we have been, you know, sort of pounding that. And of course I think that's true. It is. Amen. We have not been obeying it. Mm. Um, you know, so, so we were simultaneously, I mean, I, I heard, uh, uh, pastor Tim Bailey mentioned this, uh, uh, um, I think on one of his podcasts or maybe it's in his book, grace of shame, but, um, you know, mid, uh, sixties and seventies, you have evangelicals while they're busy hammering out the, this, these, these, uh, statements of faith about the inspiration and the authority of scripture. Hmm. Um, they've got kids falling into sexual sin and they're not disciplining them. Mm-hmm. And you have divorce beginning to rise uh, and divorce is not being disciplined and adultery and, and fornication and, and remarriage. And the church is not obeying the word of God while it's yeah. saying the word of God, the Bible is the word of God. The Bible mm-hmm. is the word of God. Yeah. And yeah. and so we're yeah. fighting on this one side against the, the liberal boogeyman. And, and you know, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it is, I mean, there, yeah. there really is bad, but meanwhile we are going soft on the word of God. We're, we're not actually letting it discipline us where it needs to cut. Right. Because then it would cut, then it would hurt. Right. And so, you know, and there's lots of reasons for this. I mean, it, it's hard, it's easier to shoot at bad guys way over there who are not that much yeah. of a threat than it is to shoot at the bad guys that are right in front of you. Right. Um, it's easier to fight with people that everyone thinks are bad guys than right. it is to fight with your own brother. Right. Um, and so that takes courage. Right. And we're not really courageous. Mm. And so, we, 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 but we, we feel courageous when we're fighting, you know, sort of the big bad guys over there. Yeah. And then we think we're being faithful when we're capitulating and we're compromising in our homes and in our churches. So how does, how does this look? I think, I think you can kind of distill this down to, um, basically we don't want to act like Jesus. Right. Because right. ultimately that will get you killed. Yeah. Ooh. Come on now. Ask Steven. Yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I think that's the truth, though, is I, I, I think that if we're going to be, I mean, Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Hmm. And I, I think that we do frequently, we think, yeah, I mean, even though I don't know that we are, we're not yet at the point where we're in danger of being burned at the stake or actually being incarcerated for the rest of our lives or, you know, sent to the gas chamber or something like that. I think nevertheless, we then say, well, that's just the way it is in, in America. America's kind of, you know, semi, you know, former Christian nation, post-Christian nation, whatever. So you can basically still function as a Christian in this country and, yeah. and it doesn't hurt that bad. And I think that's a lie. I, I, I don't think so. I, I think that if we're going to be faithful to, G- to Jesus, we're going to be hated. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, but I think we don't want to be hated. Right. We don't want to be persecuted. And, and right now I think there's still a temptation in the broad 
conservative evangelical church to think, well, the people that are being persecuted right now are just, they're just kind of extremists. Yeah. Right. The people that are hated are extremists. And, I, and it's just not true. No. If, if you actually stand up and say what Jesus says, to, you know, in the beginning, God made them male and female and he made them to be married. One man, one woman, one flesh. And that's it. You will be hated. Yeah. If you say that out loud, you will be hated. Right. Um, you will not get jobs. Right. You will lose opportunities. I think. I think this is um, when we had Doctor Rod Story on a couple yes. weeks ago. Yes, he had. He had just a um, a really good comment as he's going through this big local controversy with our local hospitals wanting to do transgender surgeries. He's the only doctor that makes a hey any sort of. Yeah, um, a couple of Christian nurses did too, but he's the only doctor that really effectively said anything about it publicly. Yeah, was and just stood up and, and just said this up, is wrong. But he said on our show, he's like, you know, it's such a blessing to have a pastor who's already doing this. Yeah, and uh, he, yeah, he he credited the pastors in the community too. I yeah. think that was a huge enlightenment for me because I was thinking like, you know, yeah. being in uh, Moscow, Idaho, our little bubble there, if you want to call it that, you you would think that everything just seems to go well for us you know right um, no i know but <laughs> you, you have you have men who are fighting so there's a yeah. community that has the freedom to stand on the ground foundation that they've built fighting right, right? like so I was, when i come to a place like minneapolis i don't see i'm, I'm sorry pass it. I, I um go i don't see the um you know the same sort of 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 battleground with so many churches everywhere right but then uh, you have moss going up right around the corner yeah, churches losing their foundation because then you got this fourth ward and eighth ward who are selecting the first transgendered uh, city council members. It's like, right, where's the fight? Right, you know, and and so the people don't fight. I was talking to a, a pastor not too long ago about this and and kind of suggested he said, you know, but Moscow is just a really unique place. You, you you guys don't understand what it's like to be in big cities in America. Mm. Right. And, and, you know, you guys, you know, there's whatever, 1,200, 1,500 people in a town of 20,000. Um, you know, you're this this massive, you know, big fish in a little pond kind of thing. And, and okay, yeah, there's some true things about that. Yeah. But on the other hand, you're right. Like, you're absolutely right. There, there's also been a lot of faithful fighting over many years. Yeah. And that, and that fighting has meant that there have been places where we've lost things. We've lost That's jobs. I, I ran right. a small school uh, for five years in downtown Moscow, and we were kicked out of Moscow uh-huh. by, by city council. I, you know, right. uh, New St. Andrews got to stay, and I got the boot. Um, mm. I, you know, um, about we, that. we've had people who, um, had, um, people, you know, uh, borders in their, in their, uh, houses and that got, um, there was some weird legal stuff with that. And some of that had to get shut down and, and the college used to meet in someone's house in a, in a residential district and that there was complaints there. And, and, you know, I don't know how many times pastor Doug Wilson has been on the front page of the newspaper. Yeah. Right. Um, Very with, seldom. with, with, <laughs> with, with a- accusations that he's a racist that you know he thinks slavery was the best thing in the world that you know he he wants to burn homosexuals at the stake i mean all kinds of right. um you know accusations and then um but the thing is is that jesus says that when we follow him we're going to have to take up a cross but when we take up the cross when we lose our lives for his sake we find our lives yeah um when we and and so the thing is, is i think that yes moscow's unique and not everybody's got a, is going to replicate moscow but we do need to follow Jesus. And when we follow Jesus, you are going to lose things. Right. You're going to lose important things, yep. things that you think were really important. But if you lose them for the sake of Christ, you will actually find them in the end. Right. Um, and you, you can't, and I, I was talking about this with, with uh, Dave a few minutes ago on, on with Gray Havens. Yep. Um, this, it's the same principle. I, I use the example of, of you know, being a musician maybe in Nashville is kind of like being Daniel in Babylon. Yeah. And um but notice Daniel doesn't keep his head down. He That's right. he walks in there with a list of demands. With you know almost <laughs> immediately I can't yeah. eat this food. Yeah. You know, is he going to get his head chopped off? I mean, there's a pagan king, you know, this this yeah. pesky Jewish, you know, boy with scruples. Probably 20 years old. Yeah, maybe yeah. if yeah. that. And um no, I can't do that. I won't do that. And then they, he makes a deal and he gets the food that he wants and God blesses him. Yeah. He's putting his head yeah. up. He's he's putting his neck out risking 
And then, of course, he's, but that's just practicing. He's practicing for when there's going to be a big statue that they're going to have to bow down to. Right. And he's going to say, yeah. no, sorry, right. can't do that either. I serve the God of heaven. And, and, you know, nobody can pray to anybody but the king. And Daniel goes home and opens his windows wide like normal and prays right there where he always prays. Right. Um, but I, 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 it's become, Ooh, that's something. Kind, kind of that's... become kind of a mantra for me, but you can't, you can't practice cowardice and then become courageous. Man. That's right. Come on now. You, Come on man. now, Pastor. You, preach, preach. You, preach. T-shirt. I got an T-shirt. Right <laughs> I will play this organ. You, you have to practice courage, and that means you have to risk for Christ. Right. You have to risk reputation. You have to risk these things for Jesus. And that doesn't mean being a fool. That doesn't mean being rude. But it does mean you're going to look bad. You're going to be hated, and you're going to lose. And and so, that's following Christ. Yeah. So um, uh, I've. I might have mentioned this on the show before, but um, and you talked a little bit. You just kind of um, highlighted this a little bit in, in what you were saying. But um, to tie this back into the Matt Lauer situation, um, or just uh, all the sexual harassment complaints that have been coming out, um, uh, you guys saw that article with Matt Walsh talking about pornography. Um, he basically said eighty percent Americans um, view have viewed pornography, or eighty percent, maybe it's eighty percent of men. Um, had viewed pornography and and just went through all these like just amazing stats, shocking stats, and wow. and I I um the last three churches I was at, um in in the press I was grew up in the PCA, um the pastors all had either some sort of sexual sin that was disqualifying or their kids had some sort of sexual sin that was disqualifying, um and wow. that was and. And and you you talk in your book blood blood bought world about like losing authority, right? And and we've um we lose authority and, and we and all you know Jesus for whatever whatever it was however he's doing it he was preaching in such a way that it had authority and everybody knew it right, that, and that's because the authority comes from the word of God yeah and so even so even in those situations where where if pastors have been disqualified you know what the thing is to do to regain authority. Is to confess your sin and resign and submit and submit to God's word. Submit to God's word. Yeah. God will use you in a mighty right. way. Oh, and, and, and we think if we if we confess our sins and we resign, that then God then then the church is weaker. Yeah, right. But no, if you stay in in office, the church is weaker. Right. If, right. You, if you don't confess your sin, the church is weaker. Right. Um, it's stronger when we agree with God, <laughs> because our authority comes from the word of God. Man. There's, there's, there's no other authority. It's only yeah. the word of God, and so we have to submit to it all the way down. So, so my kids, um, right now, I'm just randomly, or not randomly, I'm, I'm kind of going through the Bible and just hitting big stories with my kids at night. You right. Know? We aren't really reading um, everything. We're just, you know, we're in Genesis right now. So we got to the story of Jacob wrestling with God last night. Right. And and it said, and and so Jacob names the place. PL or something? I think uh, Peniel. Peniel. Yeah, yeah, Peniel. And because he wrestled with God and was preserved. Yeah. He he wrestled with God and didn't die basically is what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> and and my kids asked me he's like, "Well, how did how did Jacob wrestle with God and not not die or not get hurt, you right. know?" Um, of course his hip got out of out of joint. But I think I think part of the answer um this might sound a little out there a little bit at first, but I think part of the answer is because God when he visits us um, you think of all the times in Scripture when God has visited His people, either through the glory cloud or even through Christ. Yeah. He's He's kind of muted His holiness. Um, yes, right. Because if if we really saw God and all His holiness, we would die. Right. And and so what, when unholiness clashes with holiness, um, it 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 is killed. And so God, in His grace and mercy, um, uh, mutes His holiness when He visits us, waters it down. However you want to phrase it, I, I still don't haven't quite worked all this out um uh and and so so that we he can be merciful so that he can be kind so that he can bring us along and out of holiness this goes back to your point david in the first segment where it's like there's no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus well um that's because i have jesus's righteousness on me mm-hmm. yeah. like i have yeah. i have someone else's righteous i have someone else's holiness working in and through me and and so so that i can have a relationship with the triune holy God. Um, and we, we in our churches, we, we've, we're unholy and, and we aren't looking to, to, to God to deal with our unholiness in the way it needs to be dealt with. Right. One of, one of yeah. the things, one of the ways we get this upside down and backwards is that I think there's a, 
sometimes you'll hear the rhetoric of we triumph through weakness, mm. right? We triumph mm. through weakness. And yeah. of course there's a sense in which that's true. Yeah. But what that also often translates to is um, keeping your head down, being meek and mild and quiet and not actually confronting sin um, boldly. Mm. Um, but if we actually, and so then, but then we, we, we don't really triumph. That's actually a, a recipe for um, capitulation, yeah. compromise and surrender. But if we're actually bold and we confront sin, whether it's sin in our own hearts, in our own lives, sin in our families, sin in our churches, sin in our, in our community, if we confront it with the truth of God in Christ with love, um, that's, that, that's where the, the power of God is going to be manifest in our weakness. It's not where yeah. we're not weak about God's word. We're mighty with God's word. That's right. That's but, right. But the, mm. but the, but the power of God's word is going to put us in, in various ways in various positions where we, we are going to feel utterly weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is yeah. where God's power is going to be made manifest in our weakness. But, it, but you don't go in weak. That's, that's, that's how you lose. That's how you fail. That's how you, that's how you compromise. But if you go in with the word of God, that is powerful. And, don't you know don't be surprised yeah you will feel the weakness your vulnerability and your helplessness and that's where god's power triumphs right um paul hey, go ahead go, no 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 i was gonna say two two things pastor um I, i'll let you finish because i know you were i actually had two questions but go ahead we got we got about we got a couple minutes here david i, I was just okay, all right. I, I was just gonna say this is what we see in paul's ministry over and over and again he goes through the cities in the book of Acts, and he preaches the gospel authoritatively, assertively, gets beat up yep. confidently, and then he gets beat up. Yeah. Lynch mobs form. Yeah, right. He gets driven out of town. He gets thrown in yep. jail. And so, yes, is there weakness? Absolutely. But we think, oh, Paul, you messed up. No, mm. that's precisely where Paul's winning. Right. It's right. he is weak, and that's where God's God does triumph through our weakness. But it's we we would have we would flip it around and we'd have Paul go into town and be like, "Hey guys, you want to have a study group in the coffee shop? <laughs> you know, um, maybe you might want to consider some thoughts I've been having, right?" And and he and he, and he <laughs> what is that? What, what was that? Was that my organ? It's my it's my pickle. I have an organ right now, but I'm next to a piano. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woo! Right. But but you know we want to get our pastor in in his his black rim glasses and his skinny jeans and his latte, mm. and and he's on gonna, the view. He's going to sit on a stool and and he's going to say, "Well, let's talk about it." I want to know your story, right? Let, I'm going to talk yeah. to you about your story. Yeah. That's, and and but that's that's mm. not that's compromise. That's that's, right. that's set up for lo- that that's that's not the kind of weakness that God uses to triumph through. He sends yeah, that's right. his. His vessels in to proclaim the gospel in the power of God's word. Just pull no punches. Tell the truth in love. Amen. And then yes, you're going to find yourself losing jobs. You find yourself losing friends. Find yourself not showing up on the view. And not showing up on the view. <laughs> and in that weakness, God is going to win. Amen. And Amen. That, that that's what that's what God does. That's why Paul says, "I'm in jail here." When he's writing the Philippians. And I almost got the whole jail converted to Jesus. <laughs> we got him on the I need run. To, I need to stay here we, a little longer. <laughs> I, we got him on the run. Yeah. Because Jesus bought this place. All right, David, mm. take us out, man. Uh, yeah. Um, before uh, before we go, uh, Gabe, your kids, they're uh, baptized, right? Oh, yeah. What's oh, that? Okay. Because I was trying to figure out, like, why would you be teaching these pagan kids Bible? Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, Pastor Toby, before we go... <laughs> At the, at the back of your book, I saw something that just triggered me. I was like, what is going on here? On the back of your book, you have a cow, and it seems like a cow like in an idle situation, and then you have a cow being fried, like being grilled like ribs, just the ribs there, Lynn. What is going on? You know, um, that was not my idea. I I think it's pretty cool, though. I And, <laughs> and I think, so I'm going to give a shout-out to Mark Beecham, yeah. Okay. Who right. who did these illustrations in this book? And um well, I think what's going on is so a big part of this book is that the problem with churches the church the modern church is that we have an idol problem. Yeah. Uh, and so idols are substitutes for the true living God. They're cheap mm. knockoffs of the of the living God. And so what we just like we I was, we were talking about this earlier with the the catharsis thing. Yeah. Like instead of really yeah. repenting of sins, we have an emotional moment and then we try to move on. 
in, a, in the same way, there's various ways in which we want to avoid what Jesus says we must do. And instead of doing that, we, 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 um, we have a, a pious sounding uh, substitute. Um, it, it does, you know, we, we triumph through weakness. You know, we have something like that, which is an idol for my comfort. I don't want to be, um, I don't want to, I don't want to lose my comfort. I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to lose my prestige. I don't want to lose my invitations to the view. Um, that, and so, uh, but that's idol. Those are idols. Um, yeah. and so, but the picture I think is showing us that actually, um, when we do that, what we're, what we're doing is we're also, um, we're, we're actually misusing the world. We're misusing yeah. creation. And so um, cows are not for worshiping. Cows are for eating. Mm. Mm. Amen. Hear that, Peter? Cow, you hear that? Cows, cows are living steak producers. <laughs> right? And so, and so when, we, when we love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and we love our neighbor as ourselves, the, the created world around us is given back to us as a gift to enjoy. Rather mm. than it being um, turned into these objects of worship in various ways where we idolize them, God gives them back to us to enjoy um, for his glory. So that, I think that's what's going on, but you can have, you have to chase down Mark Beecham and make sure that I interpreted his artwork <laughs> right. But I really appreciate you guys uh, bringing up the book. I, for the listeners out there, I, I told Gabe, I totally forgot that they had said they wanted to talk to me about the book today. But um, I, I'm really appreciative, and thanks to Aaron Wrench for the idea to write it and yeah. can impress for publishing it. Uh, you can get it yeah. on uh, Amazon blood bought world by yours truly pastor Toby Sumter. Oh, don't forget I, to I'm sign up. Sorry. Don't forget to yeah, sign I, up. For, yes. Oh, that's right. Sign up for the, the club membership. And during mm-hmm. Christmas, during Advent, everyone gets whoever signs up for a club membership gets a free magnetic bumper sticker and a in-studio t-shirt. That's not, a t-shirt you can't we don't buy. Have out can't there buy. For sale yet. That's you, right. You can't yeah. buy it. Right. So if you want a free right. t-shirt and a magnetic bumper sticker, sign up for a monthly club membership. There we go. There we at go. Crosspolitik.com. Right. Take us out, David. All right. So love that with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Until next week, go fight, we'll be laugh, wise. and feast. This is Crosspolitik. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the day in the shadows of the dawn. Yeah.